You're listening to the Running Around Charlotte podcast presented by the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Find out more or register at runcharlotte.com. This week's episode is brought to you by Pinnacle Financial Partners and Ally. They may not be able to help you hit your mile splits, but Ally can help you plan for the future. Explore all the ways you can map out your financial goals with Ally at ally.com. Ally, a proud sponsor of the Novon Health Charlotte Marathon and athletes everywhere. Now, here are your hosts for the Running Around Charlotte podcast, Tim Rhodes and DC Lucchese. Today on the Running Around Charlotte podcast, we're going to talk to Luis Bayon. Luis is a body worker and yoga teacher. He's an immigrant and he's a UNC Charlotte graduate. Like many college and university students, Luis's undergraduate experience was full of twists and turns. And like me, he changed his major a couple of times. But Luis's journey from business major to yogi has many more detours than most. And it all started when his family picked up and moved from Cuba to North Carolina, of all places. Luis, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. That's great. A little sleepy still, but I'm, I'm doing well. <laughs> Get you up early in the morning, right? <laughs> no, wait a minute. Are you tired yeah. because you just got up, or are you tired because you've already worked out? A no. Bunch and um, I, I, I woke up earlier and went to go coach at the gym. Oh, um, right on. I, I think it's like... Um, it's uh, sleep debt. My sleep debt is a little too high right now. I appreciate I'm still that. catching up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so How many hours that. of sleep? Do you, like, what's what's the sweet spot for you? I'll tell you. Um, between seven and like eight and a half. Nope. Right around eight. Like I, I, I love my sleep. Um, but you're a young yeah, guy. You can't get a, six. Is not six to seven. Is not like man. I don't know. I can. I can make it on six for sure. Um, six is like the bare minimum. You know, like six, yeah. I feel okay about. Seven's like okay. That's pretty standard. Eight's like yeah. ideal, and then nine is like, man, that feels good. But I wonder if it's too much. You know. <laughs> no, because I think I can, I've had nine hours of sleep collectively this week. So. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know how. Man, I um, I'm I love sleep. We can talk about sleep all the whole time if you want. I can, yeah. I got I got I got nap tricks. You know, take twenty minute. <laughs> oh no, twenty minute nap. Those those are good. Those are they say an optimal nap is about twenty minutes because you get enough sleep to rest, but it's yeah. it's not enough to where you get into one of those deep sleeps and you wake up and you're groggy the rest of the day. Exactly. I've had yeah. those two hour naps, man, and those are they feel good. Well, they say doing it, but mm, I don't know. They I don't I don't know who they <laughs> are. They, right? they say they. <laughs> But they say 20 minutes or 90 minutes. That way you get like either that, you know, right before you fall deep or you get like one full cycle type thing. So, oh, man. I'll, I'll have to anyway. look into that. Sounds like I got some homework to do. But we didn't we didn't call you up today to talk about your sleeping habits. No. Man. Although I am jealous now. <laughs> so tell us, let, let's go back to be you were born in Cuba, right? I was born in Cuba. Yes. Tell us about um, that journey and how did you get to Charlotte, North Carolina and Mm -hmm. kind of the high points in between yeah so i was born in cuba um i was born and raised there for the first eight years of my life um my family migrated in 1998 uh we won the green card lottery 
so we got extremely fortunate. My my stepfather at the time um, solicited our family for the green card lottery. We received an, an invitation to interview with the American ambassador in Havana. And in that interview, they either approve or deny your family, you know, your green card visa, and they right. approved my family. So yeah, we moved. Um, my family, my parents had friends that got them work in Winston-Salem. So we uh, settled in Winston-Salem, and I lived there for 10 years. And then I moved to Charlotte to go to UNC Charlotte. And I graduated 10 years ago. It'll be 10 years in May. And I have stuck around since and have really loved, come to love Charlotte and the community here. Yeah. And just, and just real briefly, uh, for those who are listening and go like, green card lottery, I had to look it up too. It's a real thing. It's not like it it's, a, yeah. it's a colloquialism for, hey, we won the lottery, hey, or we got lucky. No, it's right. an actual real yeah. thing. So if you... Many, if you many countries thinking. have that. Yes, they exactly. Have for those who don't know, yeah. you can look it up. It's a real thing. Yeah. But... I believe I believe that the U.S. Um, it used to be it used to be fifty thousand visas per year distributed throughout the world. I think it might have changed now, but but yeah, it's a real 50, thing. Fifty thousand. So I, I would imagine there's millions that apply oh, for lotteries sure in in different countries, and so fit to to be to your point, extremely lucky to be one of the fifty thousand out of probably millions. Got to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's great. And so yeah. I, I'm just curious that, you, however you want to answer this, but you know, you you your family comes to the U.S. may or may not speak English, may or may not have a trade uh, or skill that kind of fits in well, and all of a sudden you're plopped down in the middle of Winston Salem, North Carolina, <laughs> which yeah. I don't know um, how how many. You know, I don't know about the Hispanic or the Cuban population there, but it, it's not like you're down in South Florida where there is an abundance of um, people from where you're from. So it, how, how do you assimilate into that society and get, get work to provide and, and everything else? Tell me more about that. I'm, I'm very interested. Yeah, most of the Cubans that move here, end up settling in South Florida because there's a big Cuban population there. Um, and so in a sense, they get stuck there. Um, some of them move up to New York or New Jersey, um, where there's also a high population of, of Cubans. Um, my, Like I said, my family had these, my parents, my mom and said that had these family friends that got them work. And actually the, uh, the Michaels uh, frame framing factory right, right. in Kernersville. Yeah. Um, and so that's where both my mom and stepdad started working. Um, my mother was a chemistry teacher in Cuba all her life um, and a very hard worker, a very intelligent woman, um, well-educated. My stepfather also very well-educated, very intelligent, a musician and just um, just a educated, smart person. And so um, my mom ended up going through a series of, of jobs until she was able to apply for her teaching license in North Carolina and start teaching. Right on. Um, before that, she actually worked as, um, uh, as an admissions officer at A&T University in Greensboro. Right. 
but any, anyway, she went through, um, through, through some hoops um, and was able to get all her years of experience teaching in Cuba to count as experience here. Oh, wow. And therefore her, her salary was, was, was better. Um, and then she ended up eventually getting her master's degree in education at UNCG in Greensboro. There you go. Um, so I'm, I'm just lucky that my mom and my stepfather then uh, were just both hardworking, intelligent folks. Um, I'm really glad that we ended up not in Miami. I feel like, like I said, I feel like many Cubans who move here end up getting quote unquote stuck there and therefore don't learn English. Don't, um, you know, don't progress, don't get ahead. Um, and just kind of end up getting stuck in that day to day Cuban, Cuban thing. Um, so yeah, um, that's kind of, kind of what happened. And then ironically enough, about 10 years ago, I have an older sister. Um, she also went to UNCC and UNCG. Mm -hmm. Uh, she ended up moving to South Florida, maybe like 11 years ago. And then my mother followed her and now they, they all live in Fort Lauderdale in Miami as of like nine years ago. So now I'm the only one left up here. Yeah. So, so there is, you know, there, there was that uh, desire to be around our culture and um, warmer weather and in our people. So for me, I was so young that I'm very much um, Americanized. Um, I still feel very strong roots to my Cuban, um, heritage and upbringing and I, I you know spanish is my first language and i love all that um but i am obviously very americanized and um i like it up here i i don't love south florida all that much it's yeah, okay well, but. and and if you and you'll have to, you guys will have to look up luis later he's got a great beard too i mean that is a great looking beard dude <laughs> thing looks fantastic yeah Tell, yeah, us, <laughs> tell us about your time at uh, UNC Charlotte. You had, you switched majors a couple of times. Uh, what did you graduate with, and and how are you using that degree to your to your benefit today? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I went to UNC Charlotte. My sister also went there. I it, um, I knew Charlotte is the biggest city in the state, and so I just wanted to be somewhere that you know felt bigger and uh, mm-hmm. had more opportunities. Yeah. And so I, um, yeah, I ended up graduating with a degree in international public relations and communications. Um, it started off as international business at first, and then I ended up changing. Uh, and then I got a minor in Spanish, which is kind of silly. It's like, <laughs> it's just like, that's wait, wait, wait. stop um, right there. Stop the right there. Point stop right there. Just, what was your grade <laughs> in that Spanish class? <laughs> It was pretty good. I don't remember exactly. It was, it, was, it, was, it was good. It was just an easy, honestly, it was just like an easy minor. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm like, he this, taught this the works. class. <laughs> um, I led the focus group. Um, Professor Bayon. Uh, yeah. I do, I do enjoy uh, teaching and speaking and, and being in front of people. Um, That's cool. But no, I, I, I yeah, graduated in, um, with a degree in communications, international PR. And then, and then after that is when things really got um, kind of interesting. I ended up not using my degree um, in like the st- uh, standard sense. I had several internships, you know, they were paid and everything. And um, I ended up um, going the route of uh, teaching yoga, doing massage therapy, and doing strength and conditioning coaching, which is what I do now, um, movement and manual therapy. 
Um, and so I, you know, obviously communication is a skill that we use in any industry every day. Um, and so I guess the, the way that I use my degree the most is in communicating with my clients, my, uh, my students, and also marketing myself and my business. Um, cause we do live in a world where optics are, you know, important and sure, yeah. they're, they're a big part of, they're a big part of marketing and, and business. Um, so, so yeah, it's, you know, I honestly, I, I don't regret going to, to college or my degree. Um, but I certainly think that I was pressured into, you know, just following the track of college and picking something just for the sake of picking something and, and, and not really, um, getting to intentionally choose a, a path that fit with my interest, mainly because of that age, I, you know, age of 18 or so, oh, I yeah, sure. didn't really mm-hmm. quite know what my interests were, um, the way that I do now. Um, and so looking back, I probably should have, you know, graduated, majored in like kinesiology or sports medicine or something yeah. more along the track of, of movement and, and, and that, and that field. But, but regardless, I, 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 I you know, I, I loved my time at UNC Charlotte. I think it's a, a pretty good school. I love the campus. Um, I really enjoyed my time there and the people that I met and, yeah. So, yeah. And one of the things I read about you, and matter of fact, this is an article that was on the UNC Charlotte website, uh, where you said communicate in relation to your degree and where you are mm-hmm. now. And you said communication and yoga have similar tenets to build connection, provide support and cultivate authenticity. I thought that was really yeah. cool because a lot of people, a lot of people, now unless of course you know. Well, you know, some of those people are you know Doogie Hauser, and they you know know they're going to be a doctor from day one or whatever, and they follow that track, or you know they're oh I'm destined to be in the family business. They do that they they do that thing and they follow that path. But lots of folks get in, get out of high school, or get into college, get into what's next, and they don't know exactly where they're going. And that time they spend at college or university or junior college or in those first couple of jobs, they kind of get to see a little bit more of the world and see how, as they kind of grow up, how they might fit into it and where their space is. And I think that's what makes your story so fascinating. Well, not only the fact that you're, you know, your, your path took so many. Is there a question here? There is a question. There is a question. here. There is a question. here. There is I'm a listening question. for it. I'm ready for it. <laughs> We're waiting. But it's a long setup. It's a long setup. But like I said, the, the fascinating part of the journey is that, you know, what you gain through that experience, you're able to translate to somebody else, right? Who either is going yeah. through it along with you, or maybe is right behind you in that, you know, previous stage of life. Who or how are you communicating that? Are people looking to you, asking you questions like, hey, you know, I mean, you're in, you're in a space where people are probably very open, Right. You're, you know, in in a very in, in a very in an occupation that's very uh, mindful, right? Where people yeah. might be more apt to communicate and go share a little bit more with me. You know, help guide me a little bit. How are you using that on on the daily? <clears throat> um, I mean, you mean fit, like fitness, I, fitness I, is a journey, right? Wellness is a journey, yeah, yeah. right? At, how like am I, life. How, so yeah. 
Like I said, maybe how maybe our setup is less I, clear, but <laughs> okay. How how am I paving a path for others? Or um, yeah. Um, you know what 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 comes up what comes up first is one of the biggest not a regret that I have, but one of the things that I wish is that I would have had. And this is this is um, in part due to being um, a child of an immigrant or being an immigrant child. Like when my sure, family yeah. moved here the priority was shelter, occupation, get these kids to school, learn the language, right? Mm -hmm. So my parents were not in the in, in, a, in a place to be like, okay, honey, let's put you in soccer camp, in music camp, in astronomy camp. Like, what do you want to do? <clears throat> what do you like? What does little Luis like to do? What are his interests? What are his yeah. talents? Um, and that's something I wish for everyone to have at a very young age. But that, of course, is a privilege. Mm -hmm. um, and so had I known from the age of eight, nine, ten, whatever, that I actually love to move my body, that I love to um, be athletic, that I love to dance, that I love to sing, that I love to entertain, um, you know, maybe I could have more intentionally chosen a path at a younger age as opposed to having to wait until I was 22, 23 out of college to then start living my life and being like, wait a minute, what do I actually like to do? What are my interests? What am I good at? What do I actually want to do with my time here? Um, <clears throat> so what I would say is like, you know, for, for people to, to really like look within and seek what, what do I like to do? Like what brings me joy and what am I good at? And what do I, what do I want to do and go from there? Um, um, and of course, like I said, that's that's a privilege, you know, um, sure, sure. for many for many families, the they can't think about that because they're busy thinking about the next meal or the next bill. Um, but, you know, whatever path um, a student chooses, a college college age student chooses, whatever path they go on, um, you know, there's something there. there. There's something to learn in any path, in any in any job, any any industry. There's something to learn, um, and something to carry over into a different industry or a different field. And oh, that's absolutely. a skill in itself. That's a talent to, to to work with what you have and translate it into something else to carry it over to see the parallels between this field and this field. Um, I think that's that's something that is. Um, irreplaceable and very valuable for anybody. Um, you know, one of the, uh, when one of the things about PR writing, when you're writing for press or for the public is you want to be concise. You want to get as much out with as little words as possible. You want to be very specific. You want to be essential with your language. You want to avoid any fluff. And, um, that's a parallel that I drew in, in public relations writing. And in teaching yoga, teaching people how to move their body, when I'm coaching people how to move their body, I want to be very specific, right? It's not just about moving your foot. It's about moving your big toe in line with your arch, right? That specificity is huge because many people talk in vague terms. Um, so just being specific, being essential with my language, saying only what needs to be said and no more, Um you know, I mean that those are that's a that's a parallel that I drew on yeah. early. Um, you know, in communication and and that goes for any conversation with a partner or with a friend, with a boss. You know, when you're when you're trying to get clear 
you want the communication to be concise, specific, essential. Um, so, so yeah, I, I don't, I'm not sure if that answers your question, but, um, <laughs> no, I, but it, does, it, it gives us some insight uh, into something, uh, yeah. in, into where you're at and, and where you're from and and, and all that. Well, yeah. Let me let me ask you a concise and direct question right now, as a yoga. Uh, instructor as a bodywork guy in that space. I know you see runners, and I know you recognize them automatically because of their lack of flexibility. So, <laughs> so that being said, as a takeaway for our audience that's listening, what yeah. is something that you could recommend to them and say if you're a runner? Here's what you should touch on: strength training. Strength, right out of the gate. Strength training. Core? Strength training. Huh? Core? Core? Yeah. Um, the whole body, everything. Um, um, any, because running is just, it's, it's one thing. It's just running, which is great. Like the human body is meant to run. I'm not really, I'm not a runner. I, I used to run some um, when I first started getting into, into fitness and movement. Um, and for a long time, I didn't like it up until recently, actually. Um, and I realize now that we are built to run, right? We are, are mm-hmm. where, where the human is in evolution is we are still hunter gatherers. That is what our bodies are meant to be doing, hunting and gathering. We're supposed to be walking, jumping, running, pushing things, pulling things. That is what our bodies are meant to do. We now live in obviously a world where we're seated all the time, driving computers and technology. Um, but anyway, running, um, the way that running is treated now as, uh, as a hobby or as an athletic, um, uh, event, mm-hmm. um, you know, people get really obsessive about running. Uh, you know, a lot of my runners are, um, a lot of them like are avid runners and, you know, sometimes sure. even to their own demise, right. When they're training for these marathons and, um, they're really they're they're pounding the pavement and like you know putting their bodies through a lot. So, I would say the one thing is strength train as a way to bring your back your body to balance, right? There like you go, man. so that you can. So the more muscle mass you have, the 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 more supported your bones will be. Um, the overall, the, the more strength you'll have throughout your body. The more cardiovascular endurance. Um, so I would say. Keep running your primary thing. If you love running, do that. Do what you love. Do what brings you joy. Do what you're going to actually do. So run your heart out and incorporate strength training or some other form of um, of movement that will give the rest of your body a chance to also work, right? Um, yeah. And for me, if I had to choose one thing is like a, 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 a smart trade train, a smart strength training regimen. So just like three to four times a week, I'm not talking like five or six times a week, go hit a gym every day, three to four times a week, focus on movement patterns, focus on good technique, good movement, building strength. Um, and you know, do the things that are going to support your running because just running on its own. Um, I feel like it, 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 it isn't super sustainable, but if you back up that passion for running with some strength training, some mobility work, um, you're going to set yourself up for a much longer career of, of running. 
There you go. That makes sense. <laughs> now I'm going to do it. A, now the trick is just doing it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> Luis, man, I appreciate you taking Thank the you, time. Thank you, Luis. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was fun. All right. So nice to get to know you. All right, brother. Appreciate Likewise. you, man. Thank you, guys. Thanks, man. The Running Around Charlotte podcast is presented by the Novon Health Charlotte Marathon and our partners at Pinnacle Financial and U.S. Bank. Running Around Charlotte is produced in partnership with Well Run Media and Marketing. New episodes are available every week anywhere you listen to podcasts.